are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. And welcome back to the Dynasty Round, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. We are the preferred Dynasty Fantasy Football podcast of Curtis Patrick. And the best in the business is back in business. So, uh, new time. Wait, yes. New day. Same time. Tuesday is 9 o'clock where you could find us. So, we Mike. should be the only podcast you're Mike. listening to on Wednesday. Yes, Nate. What? I don't know. You, you like froze on my end. Not It was just me. Am I good for everybody else? Good for me. Okay. Technical <laughs> issues. Technical difficulties, but that's okay because the best in the business is back in business. And I know Nate lags a little bit sometimes, but he's going to have his own set space pretty soon. So um, all that stuff is going to be a thing of the past. And I know Nate's really excited. So let's talk to him first. We got Nate Christian. You can find him on Twitter at Nate NFL. Nate, how are we doing tonight? Good. I got my chamomile and lavender tea. I'm talking some Alabama wide receivers. Can't get better than this. Yeah, that's right. And joining us, like always, from the great state of Arizona, uh, where surprisingly the mail service works faster there now than other places. We got Chevin Dooney. What's good, Chev? Yeah, boys. I thought this beauty right here wasn't going to show up till Christmas next season, but I got lucky. Uh, Denise Price would be happy with my drink selection. It's a Arbon tea. So, Denise Ooh. Price, thank you for that. Oh, perfect. And uh, I'm sure you might notice if you're watching, uh, a little different tonight. No pork man, and pork man's usually always with us. He is in our hearts. He's a little under the weather tonight. So coming through clutch at the last minute, we got Bob Van Duzer. Bob, I did say your last name correctly, right? Yep, right on. Perfect. You can find him on Twitter at Bob Van underscore IDP. Thank you for changing that. I'm sorry I kind of called you out on Dynasty One last <laughs> night, but I had to look it up. So Bob came through clutch. Hey, he doesn't just do IDP, everybody. He does well kind of everything. So we got him in here to talk about this trio of wide receivers. So Bob, this is your first, I guess we'll call it real podcast appearance. The The previous time we had you on was just kind of introducing you and Maddie as parts of the crew. So uh, Bob, do you have anything you would like to say before we get started? Nah, man, just happy to be here. Happy to, you know, talk about some stud wide receivers and happy to get into it. You know, sending pork the best, but happy to be here. So we are pork might have lost his job. He might be in trouble. This could be a this could be bad for pork tonight, man. Sonar Park nah. might be gone. Sonar nah. Park. Well, RIP Sonar Park. Actually, um, Chev, I think before we get started, we need to give you a few minutes. You were not able to make it to the last episode. Mm -hmm. So um, is there anything that you wanted to talk about? Our three previous wide receivers. And just a, a reminder to everybody, at this point in the offseason, our our podcasts are going to be a little more, a little bit more evergreen. So you can go back and listen to everything starting January 8th. You know, these guys have not been drafted yet. So if you're new to the show, thank you for checking us out. Go back and check all these other episodes out. Last week, we talked about DeMonte Coxie, Tylen Wallace, and we also talked about Nico Collins. So, Chev, you weren't here. 
I want to give you a few minutes if you want to say anything about any one of these guys or all three. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about Tylen Wallace. I think you guys covered everybody else really well, and I think you guys did Tylen Wallace well too. But, man, I love me some Tylen Wallace. Tylen Wallace is probably going to be the guy I'm projecting to get most in my league just in that second round probably tier unless he lands in a good landing spot. To me, he just does everything so good. I think he's a guy that can excel uh, at the next level. I mean, he's a little bit older, uh, but if it wasn't for the ACL tear that he suffered, I believe in 2019, uh, he would have been at the top of the class, in my opinion, or pretty high up there last season. And that that class was stacked, too. Uh, so he, he's just a player that you want to have. He's going to be like a T. Higgins where you can snag him late and definitely benefit those rewards, man. He's so good. Um, he does kind of get pushed off a little bit sometime of his routes. Uh, but, man, I think he's going to be so good at the next level with his route running and his separation. Uh, and he can be physical, too, is what I really do love about him. He can do a little bit of it all uh, to get open. So, hey, be ready. Tylen Wallace trains coming through, Pork. I don't know who you're going with this season, but uh, buckle up, bud. It's um, Who was Pork's new guy? Do we Elijah Moore. It was Elijah Moore. <laughs> yeah, he's a huge Elijah Moore fan. You know what? Chev, I love that you talk about Tylen Wallace, man. He's a guy that it's funny because I find myself comping every other wide receiver to him. Like, I freaking love Tylen Wallace. Do you think people are going to knock him back a little bit, the injury, him being a senior? Like, you know how stuff like that goes. But I'm going to take – I'm just going to take a great player. Chev, I actually wanted to ask you, how is it watching Oklahoma State film as an Oklahoma fan? You know, honestly, like I, I, they're a team that I love to watch too. I mean, their offense is usually pretty good, and it's usually fun to see. Uh, but you know, it's always fun beating on the little baby brother uh, every single year. So I definitely appreciate they appreciate them doing that. Uh, but man, they got some good prospects coming out, so I'm excited to see what they can do. Um, I mean, they got Tyler Wallace, they got some Chuba. They're always pumping out pretty good wide receivers. It seems like every season, James Washington. So. They're, they're fun to watch. I mean, I don't I don't hate watching their film, but, you know, we got to put that OU game on and see who's the boss of the town then. That, that is true. And uh, if you're watching the stream or listening at home, I just want to take a minute to point out that Bob and Chev are wearing some fantastic uh, Dynasty Rewind trucker hats. You can now get uh, that. You can get a snapback. Nate is not wearing a hat. He's hatless, as am I. Uh, you can get beanies. You can get pom-poms, toques, as they call them up in Canada. And that is courtesy of viridianglobal.com we are part of their collective actually we've transitioned all our merchandise over there so you can get a crew neck sweatshirt you get hoodies you can get t-shirts um, i'm going to be making a little promo video for that just kind of make things official once everything is squared up on the site will harris has to put just one more thing up then i'm going to give it a go um, so that is that head on over there and just so you know wherever you are if you're in the united states your products are printed and shipped from the United States. If you're in Canada, your products are printed and shipped from Canada. So the shipping time is going to be faster and the shipping is going to be cheaper than what it was previously. Uh, Will and the crew over at Viridian, I'll tell you what, they do a great job making sure that you, the customer, get the best quality as fast as possible. Fantastic to work with from our end and their gear is top notch. I have a ton of it. So seems um, like they're pumping out something new every single week too during the yep. season. So I definitely love that. Claypool's out there. Yeah. I saw some Justin Jefferson new gear come out. So they're, they're putting new stuff out all the time, man. If you got a favorite player, I can guarantee there's probably something in there for you. There's a Van Jefferson shirt, too. Um, oh, wow. We are part of a rather big collective. Uh, guys like the Undroppables. Destination Devi has their merch on there. Uh, Dynasty Happy Hour, the Fantasy Football Astronauts, the Warzone. 
and now the Dynasty Rewind. So uh, definitely come check us out. It's fantastic. Well, let's check out some wide receivers. We're about eight minutes into the show. We haven't even uh, talked about any wide receivers yet. So we're going to start with Devonta Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner. He is six foot one. Now, I think he weighed in a little bit cheaper at the Senior Bowl. Uh, weighed in a little bit cheaper. Weighed in a little bit less. Please forgive me. Uh, my brain's a little fried. I was shoveling for five hours today. Six foot one, 175 pounds. And in four years at Alabama, 47 games played, 235 receptions, 3,965 yards. So he averaged 16.9 yards per reception, 46 touchdowns. He did also amass six rushing yards on four carries with one touchdown. Um, so I'll tell you what, Bob, you are the guest on the show. Well, you're not the guest, but uh, you're kind of the new guy around here. Why don't we start with you and Devonta Smith? Sure thing. So out of the three we're going over today, probably my favorite wide receiver prospect. Um, you know, for positives, he's, you know, he's good catcher, great run at, run after the catch ability. Um, you know, the big knock on him is going to be his size. Um, there's a great chance that, you know, he can kind of bulk up when he gets on that NFL diet. Um, but at the end of the day, I love his ability. He's athletic. He's quick. When he gets the ball in his hands, he just gets it and goes. So, all right. I think he has a great route tree too, unlike DK Metcalf last year. Remember, everyone was saying, or two years ago, he has a route branch. <laughs> he did pretty much everything. And I think what Bob is referring to about the size. I mean, he's six foot one, so that's good size uh, lengthwise for a wide receiver. Uh, but it's the weight, and I think he actually right. weighed in one sixty four at the Senior Bowl. No, Nate's saying no. He didn't weigh. Oh, he didn't weigh. Okay, all right. Forgive me. One sixty four. I'd have have some trouble with that one. So it's yeah, that would be that. rough. I would. Too. Um, but I think that's what you were talking about. Is the yeah. He, he's he's just kind of lanky. You know, he's he's not. You know, like the next two guys we're going to talk about, they're pretty built at their size. Where he's, you know, he has a questionable frame. Let's say. I mean, I'm not even worried about it because he's just so fast. I yeah. Well, and, and he, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't take the big hits you know he either finds a way to kind of shy away from contact find his way out of bounds or he you know gets to the point where he's being tackled from behind not smashed in the middle of the field so, so would you say he's like the wide receiver kyler murray doesn't take the big hits yeah yeah well and that's kind of what i was thinking of when i was watching his film i'm like you know he just doesn't you never seem really get clocked you know and that can change at the next level but i think if he can add a little weight and get to that 190 range, I think questions will go away pretty quick if he can add onto that frame a little bit. But at the end of the day, I think the small wide receiver narrative kind of needs to die a little bit. You know that small wide receivers can't be anything in the NFL because, I mean, you look at the guys nowadays, the big tree wide receivers, the big 6'4 guys, that the go up and get them guys, those are kind of not as much a thing anymore. So no. It's all about speed. Getting in the open field, getting in space, speed separation. That I want to actually talk about something here. Maybe you've heard about this. A lot of people are talking about his wingspan being a thing. Have you heard anything about that? And a lot of people on fantasy Twitter, also known as the most toxic place in on earth, um, oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> they're talking about how wingspan should be immeasurable. Um, it is in the NBA, and especially for receivers, tight ends, running backs, they think that it's probably time that. And I'm sure other positions as well. Defensively, Bob could probably attest to that. Um, that it's time to start taking this into the measurables. Nate, do you have anything to add to that? 
Um, I think it's extremely important for wide receivers and tight ends, uh, especially. One of the things that Devontae Smith does so well is despite his, you know, smaller frame, he, he wins 50-50 balls. He wins mm-hmm. contested catches. Number one, he can jump really well. But also, he has those long arms. Man, those long arms, he's just snatching the ball out of the air. Like, Chev and I were watching some Devontae Smith tape before this podcast together. And Mac Jones, if there's two, three defenders around Smith, he doesn't care because he knows Smith is going to come away with come away with the ball. He's going to jump over those guys, maybe. snatch it out of the air. Um, weighs 175 pounds on the listed Alabama roster. If he hits 185, I'm going to have absolutely no issue with it. 185 is Marvin Harrison, six foot one, 185. That's what Marvin Harrison played at. It's kind of my baseline that I'm looking for Devonta Smith to get to. Um, because on film, you see it. It's he's the most talented receiver on film, mm-hmm. um, and I think he's someone that can come into the NFL right away and make an impact. Uh, I'm not going to steal uh, the player comp that Sheb was making, but I mean, he he looks like he's going to come into the league, and no matter what the landing spot is, he's going to start producing. Um, I think he has a very high floor. Uh, I'm not I'm not worried about the age. You know, if he came out last year, he would have been a day two pick. So. It's not like he wasn't talented enough to come out. Um, he's been he's been a producer. I, he's my wide receiver one right now, and I don't think anything's going to change that. Yeah, he. Um, one thing I noticed is he's he's fast. He's always open from the film that I was watching on him. Do you think he's a day two pick this year? Or is a day one pick? Oh, he's day one top okay. ten. Yeah, he's at least top fifteen, but he's probably going to be top ten. I he's saw the Eagles seven. I I did see that actually. Um, I also saw Justin Fields to the Eagles in a couple spots too, and Trey Lance. So why? Uh, Why? I don't. They'll draft one in the second and third. Don't worry, Mike. Think think about that three-headed monster, though. What Devon? Oh, the the quarterbacks. (laughs) Yeah, it'll it'll be Carson Wentz. Then can hand it off to Jalen Hurts or Trey Lance, and then whoever gets the handoff can then make the pass. Oh my. so on my snow day yesterday, um, because none of the fantasy footballers wanted to come do a live stream with me, uh, way to pay for it. little guys, um, guys, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I did try calling the Carolina Panthers and just piqued their interest in Jalen Hurts, but they didn't call me back. So Panthers, he would look good in your uniform, man. Just trying to help you out, trying to help you be better. Um, but hey, man, if you don't want to win, just keep throwing Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy two gloves out there. Um, Chev, your thoughts on Devonta Smith? To me, man, his route running and separation is so dang good. He's always in space getting open. And if you look at the Florida film, if you were breaking it down with me and Nate today, this dude got put in a mixer, man. He went backwards and just fell back on his booty. Number 23, I don't know your name. I heard you were at the Senior Bowl. Cut your dreads, man. Those dreads, you're making those stats look terrible on the new NCAA. The, you're supposed to have dread stats where you get plus four, like agility, plus four on a lot of things, and you made it look stupid, man. I'm, I'm pretty upset with you. But, man, his route running is so good. I really think he looks like a little bit of Justin Jefferson. I really see it, the route running, the yards after catch. I mean, I think it's all there, in my opinion. And I think in the right landing spot, he could put up the same numbers as Jeff- Justin Jefferson as well. And I don't think that's very far-fetched in my opinion. I think he's that good to produce early and and very, very often. Yeah. I, I mean, I, that's a hell of a comp right there. I don't I don't hate it, though. 
The slim just, reaper. Just the watch the reaper. film. It, it, they're so good. Okay, I mean, so Corkman wanted Van Jefferson. He should have been looking at Justin Jefferson. I mean, come on. All right, so this year we're just going to break down the, these last two years here. One thousand eight hundred fifty-six yards, and this is the SEC. So, you know, we're we're talking. He's pretty much in the NFL as it is. And then last year, one thousand two hundred fifty-six yards, but Jerry Judy was still there. You know what I mean? And uh, Jalen Waddle, who we're going to talk about next, was still there. Wasn't there another Bama receiver? I'm just drawing a. The next Tyree Kill, I think it was last year. Yeah, that was that was rugs, right? That was rugs. Yes, thank you. So, I mean, we're talking about he was playing with NFL wide receivers at that time, and he's still putting up these monster stats. I, I just think wherever he goes, he's gonna smash. He's yeah. leaving Alabama with the SEC career touchdown record by far. Which he is. has, let's see, I wrote it down here. He's got. 46 career receiving touchdowns, okay? In the SEC, number two is Amari Cooper with 31. He's got 15 more than second place. That's, that's uh, crazy. Yes. Beast. That's, that's fantastic. But listen, let's talk, about, let's talk about the next wide receiver from Alabama. And there's a lot of, a lot of people are kind of flip-flopping on who's the better wide receiver of these two. So... I guess we'll just figure it out right now. And that's Jalen Waddle. And he's five foot ten, one hundred and eighty-two pounds. So in three seasons, thirty-four games. Um, I think that says one hundred and six receptions. I don't know, my handwriting's pretty bad. One thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine yards. You couldn't just get one more yard, could you? So he averaged eighteen point nine yards per reception and seventeen touchdowns, did carry the ball four times for seventeen yards for no touchdowns. So um a lot of people are just saying that. This is the guy that you want out of these two wide receivers. And I don't know. I can't say that I don't like him because I do like him. I just think Devonta Smith is far and away that much better. And that's not not a knock against Jalen Waddle. But, Chev, we're just going to start off with you this time. What are your thoughts on Jalen Waddle? I kind of want to pass this one to Nate. Okay. I feel like Nate really does love this guy, and I think he would do a better job than I can do, like always. But, Nate, I'm going to throw this one down to you, my man. All right, so Jalen Waddle, we hear it players comped to Tyreek Hill a lot. We heard it last year with Ruggs. We hear it every year with the fastest player on the in the draft. Jalen Waddle is not – I mean, no one's going to be the next Tyreek Hill. That guy is just special. But Jalen mm-hmm. Waddle is the closest thing that we have in this draft and in the past couple of drafts. He's that player who can make an impact everywhere in the field. This guy lined up in the backfield. He lined up outside, inside, tight. It doesn't matter. They put him anywhere. They get him involved. Yards after the catch. The ability on the special teams. He's a weapon for a team on offense on special teams. He is just a playmaker that is in that Tyreek Hill mold. They're both five foot ten. Jalen Waddle's one eighty two. Tyreek Hill is one eighty five. Tyreek Hill has a bit more strength to him, but it really is a similar play style. And it makes you really excited because it's just electricity in a bottle. And mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle is currently my wide receiver three after Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. Okay. And going into the season, Jalen Waddle was actually my projected wide receiver one for this class. If it wasn't for the injury and Devontae Smith's true breakout, um, Waddle probably would have been my number one. The injury hurts a little bit. We didn't get to see his full season his junior year, and he was on pace to just absolutely slay it. Um, so that kind of hurts. 
But I'm not too worried about the ankle. He came back. He looked rough in the national championship. But just the fact he got back on the field is incredible. Um, but the big thing with Jalen Waddle, you know, he's electric. He can do all these things great. The reason he's wide receiver three for me is he just doesn't have the consistency in his hands that Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase have. Mm-hmm. Um, his hands are, I mean, above average. But Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase just have that elite next level um you know that ability to just snatch the ball out of the air, and Waddle hasn't quite shown that yet. Okay, right, and so- I, I would say sometimes he does show it. I think sometimes it is there, but it's just not consistent, like Nate said. And like we talked about with freaking Smith, man, his route running and separation is goofy. I mean, we watched the route; he set it up uh, during the game. Uh, he's running, fakes it across the middle, and does a double move and just torches the guys for like a 80 yard touchdown it's just his double moves are just disgusting because he runs his route so hard like he's gonna go across the middle and he just cuts it back so uh, that's one thing i really do love about him uh, if he can sure up his hands a little bit they're not terrible they're not something that's gonna be god awful in the nfl but it's just something he can sure up a little bit but i mean his physicality as well that's kind of where i see the tyreek hill in him uh, he runs hard, and he's tough to get down, man. He's not somebody that is going to be easy. He looks thicker than what his his weight says as well, in my opinion. And he can do it on special teams. That's where Tyree Hill got his money in the in the league to start off, man. That special team skill, uh, and, and Waddle's got that. He'll definitely make an impact uh, week one in that aspect. Uh, but I mean, he's got so much burst to him. Running around the corner, he had about a yard to cut it up. And Duke cuts it up for like a nine-yard gain. I can't remember what game it was, but it was literally the first play of the game. Dude's special. He's got great talent. I'm excited to watch him and see where he gets drafted. He should be a guy that's drafted probably in the first round, uh, if not probably second, early second round. But I'm guessing a first-round guy for sure. He's just too talented not to be. Okay. Yeah, well, one thing I noticed, just the speed, like you said. He just has a second gear. That why you you notice watching um, these Alabama guys doesn't matter any position is it me or are they just coached way better than any of these other guys like it looks like they have NFL coaches coaching them and I'm going to tell you why his awareness on the field all at all times of where the ball is of what's happening in the play and him just adjusting and making blocks downfield that I don't see other schools or other guys from other schools making like. I know a lot of college programs that they only care about winning. They only care about winning national championships. But, I mean, Alabama, they obviously want to win national championships, but they are just coaching the crap out of these guys, man. Like, these guys are so far and away prepared for the NFL. It's not even funny. And that's what I love. But, uh, Bob, I want your thoughts on Jalen Waddle. I know you might not have had as much. You were power grinding before the show, as we said in our, our yeah. group chat. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, I mean, you guys hit all the points um, that I could think of, you know, to kind of piggyback on what you were saying about the coaching. And the reason why they have seemingly NFL type coaching is a lot of coaches that coach at Alabama now are former NFL coaches. And, you know, they basically go there. That's their like that's their like rehab or sentence after failing as a head coach. (laughs) Hey, you go down here, you figure it out and then maybe we'll talk again sometime. Um but, I mean, no, you mentioned the speed, that second gear. And the thing I noticed is that he hits it quick. You know, he gets the ball in his hands and he's gone. Um, and then, like you said, the inconsistency with the hands is concerning. But, 
he's still a better catcher than a lot of guys out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, you guys nailed a lot of the points and I don't really have a ton more to add. So good work, guys. catches too, I think could be a nice little suit to him. He seems to go up and make some really, really mm-hmm. nice plays uh, and he's somebody that can just go up and high point it. Uh, so that should be a nice little aspect of his game in the NFL as well. Chef, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that we need to establish something about contested catches. We've been burned by contested catch guys in the past, namely J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. So I think that we need to differentiate the fact between when a guy can do contested catching and when that is their whole game. Because we do see that if your whole game in college is contested catches, can you separate at the NFL level? Jalen Waddell can separate. We can see that. But he can also perform in a contested catch capability when need be. So um, I'm not worried about him getting hum- hung up on a, a defensive back in the NFL. He's going to be just fine. Um, but he, he could pretty much do everything. So uh, that brings me, you know, you guys are on the clock. It's 1-4. We don't know, you know, you're, you had the 104-105. Maybe all the, the running backs that you wanted are gone. It's a single quarterback league. So probably not taking Lawrence or Fields here. You're gonna take. You don't know the landing spot, but are you, are you gonna go with Devonta Smith? You're gonna take Jalen Waddle. So this is where it gets fun because we don't know landing spot, and I think that's what's gonna play a huge part in how these guys are drafted this season because they're all so stinking good, right? So that's gonna play a huge role. Uh, I think right now I'm gonna stick with Devonta Smith. I think his skill set is just so elite uh, in everything that he does. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Devonta Smith. Uh, but if you're the guy after me picking, you get Waddle. That's uh, that's pretty blessed, man. Yeah. I, I mean, Nate, are you taking the what you think is going to be a safe floor with Devonta Smith? I'm taking the- Devonta Smith. Um, okay. Like I said, I think he fits any team. He's, you know, doesn't matter what landing spot. I think he's a playmaker no matter what. Um, I think Jalen Waddle has enough talent to not be landing spot dependent. But I think in the first couple games, you know, if he doesn't go to an offense that it's going to cater to his abilities. Um, I mean, he's more, much more than a speedster down the field kind mm-hmm. of guy. He does a lot more than that. But if a team kind of, you know, sets him into that role and just only lets him do that, then you're kind of at the mercy of whatever the offensive coordinator does. If they throw Jalen Waddle in that Henry Ruggs role where he only runs down the field, oh. sure, it'll open up a space for somebody else, but not going to help your fantasy football team. Yeah, and it would be a shame if they did that because obviously he's he's so much better than that. But Bob, you know, you taking this what you, what we think is going to be the safer floor with Von Smith, or what could be a higher ceiling with Jalen Waddle, like some people are saying. I, I'm going to be different. I'm going to go Waddle um, <laughs> okay. purely because I like I said, you know, swing for the swing for the fences. Um, you know, I like Smith, I like Waddle, but I just kind of have that. He's one of those guys I just kind of have that feeling about, and. uh you know, he's a guy that I think will be one of my guys this year. So, okay, he's so Can't versatile. He's he so is. versatile out of the backfield, anywhere. He's getting touches, running the football. He's got to be somebody that is getting the football a lot, in my opinion. Okay. So good. I just want to remind everyone again that uh, this podcast last year was the same podcast that told you not to draft Henry Ruggs in the first round because the ADP for KJ Hamler was better and the production was eerily similar. So go ahead and. Um, I don't remember what episode I said that, but go look at their stats. And it's <laughs> or you could have drafted Darnell Mooney. You could have drafted Darnell Mooney, actually. But uh, Hamler... Or pick him up off of waivers. Yeah, Hamler did right. give you 
similar production. So let's let's get to our last wide receiver of the show. That is Amari Rogers from the University of Clemson. He's five foot ten, two hundred and ten pounds, and he played in fifty-two games, one hundred eighty-one receptions for two thousand one hundred forty-four yards. So he averaged eleven point eight yards per reception, fifteen touchdowns. Did also have six rushes for forty-six yards and one touchdown. So not a ton through uh, or on the ground there. But um, Bob, I want to well, actually Nate. I don't think we started with you at all. This show. I'm sorry. sorry it's good. It. I know you're a big Amari Rogers fan, so we're going to oh, start with that. Yeah, huge Amari Rogers fan. Um, he had a decent senior bowl. I'll give him that. Um, looked pretty good. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge Amari Rogers fan, and I, you know, I like his frame. You know, five foot ten, two hundred and ten pounds. He's basically like a mini AJ Brown in that kind of that frame, that size, that physicality. He brings that physicality. I love to see it. I think he could bring more physicality with his frame. He should, you know, be looking for contact with 210 pounds on his frame, but he doesn't. And while he has that ability, just haven't seen it. He runs decent routes. I think they're a little sloppy. They're not always on a line. His mm-hmm. routes are yeah. his breaks are usually uh, more rounded than you know cuts. He's got. I will give him that he's versatile. You know, with that frame, he can go in the slot, he can go on the outside, he's used on screens. You know, he could be a good part of an offense. But between the route running, just the lack of that edge that I'm looking for, and also I don't think he has good hands. He has a lot of drops, a mm-hmm. lot of drops. And anyone who's playing the slot and getting a lot of targets, <laughs> if I see a lot of slots, that's concerning. doesn't matter how physical you are, how big you are. If you're dropping the ball, it's hard for me to trust you. Now he comes out to... I was telling Mike before the podcast, on my grading system, he comes out to a 5.00 exactly, which for me is serviceable starter. So I'm not saying this guy is terrible. Um, for me, in a one-quarterback league, he's probably like a third-round draft pick. But I'm not going to have many shares of him because he's probably going to go in this second round. Uh, I think he's going to get more hype. I think he's going to be drafted pretty well um, in the NFL draft. I think of decent day two draft capital, but just not my guy. Would you rather him or Hunter Renfro? I'll just go with the youth because as much as I love Hunter Renfro, I'll take Amari Rogers and his physicality over what Hunter Renfro has been stuck with the last two years. How yeah. about uh, Amari Rogers or Elijah Moore? So I told you um, Amari Rogers before the podcast. I looked it up my rankings. It's close, but I actually do have Elijah Moore. Really? Okay. Oh. Surprising. That's going to make Porkman happy. I know he's a big Elijah Moore fan. Um, Chev, your thoughts on Amari Rogers? Yeah, I think this guy, he, he gets some good separation, uh, but the consistency, consistency with the catching uh, could be a problem. <laughs> you know it's bad when Nate's like, he had a good senior bowl. <laughs> That's what he started off with. So I think he could do well if he gets the ball in space. Um, he could possibly be a punt returner, a kick returner at some point. That could definitely boost his stock up a little bit. Um, but I do see the issues that Nate saw. I think he's just a little bit soft. I just don't see him being a guy that is willing to block well enough or attack his blockers uh, to make a difference on his team. Uh, that could be a huge problem for them as well. Um, but I just saw um, he's a good player, but he's not somebody that's going to be going crazy year one. He's a guy you'll definitely have to hope lands in a, a pretty solid spot and somebody you'll probably have to wait on on your taxi squad, which is not a big deal because uh, it could happen where he maybe blows up, but I'm holding off on Amari Rogers as well. Yeah. 
if he's hanging out on your taxi squad and he's a, a throw-in piece and the draft capital wasn't too bad and it lands you something else, you know, I want to say serviceable starter might have been like a Cole Beasley at one point in his career. So he might be a guy that you end up picking up off waivers in your redraft league later on. You never know, plug him in there and maybe helping you out. Um, Bob, before we get to you, I want to say I, I think Amari Rogers. I do like the way he adjusts for the ball. Once in the air, he seems to concentrate pretty well. Um, he he's just a short game guy to me. Like he, I saw him. They went deep to him a little bit at Clemson, but wasn't anything super impressive. But I think he's smooth in the open field mm-hmm. when he's got the ball in his hands. It's pretty nice. But Bob, do you have any thoughts on Amari Rogers? I mean, you guys nailed it. Um, if I were to kind of forecast what his, you know, draft capital will be, I'm thinking second round, and I think he's going to go to a great landing spot, and people are going to get hyped on him. He's going to go probably way earlier than he should, and then he's just going to stink. And, you know, he kind of seems like a guy that needs some coaching, and I think, you know, looking ahead, you know, might be a guy you try to buy in his second year. But I do think um, – I believe he had an injury his junior year, was it? I think he tore his ACL and missed a season. Is that right? Something like that, I yeah. About the right guy. So, I mean, he could have been – I have him down he's... here for straight through 17 to 20. So, I'm going to look up his injury history. Yeah. Give me a second. But if that's the case, I can kind of... <laughs> Sorry. I'm pretty sure he tore his ACL. Maybe not. Maybe a but uh, you are right. Clemson receiver Amari Rogers tore the ACL in his right knee during practice on March 25th. Oh. After reconstructive surgery, Clemson doctors and trainers estimated he could return to action in approximately eight months. Rogers initially circled the sixth game on the schedule, which was in October. So um, he did actually have an extremely rapid recovery from his ACL because um, that was in March of 19. He played 13 games that season. So, Let's give the guys some credit for toughness, then. That's, that's yeah. a, a, well, and, and that was something I was something I was going to touch on with Waddle too. You know, having that injury, then being able to fight back to make it back championship game. When we all we were all in our group chats, being like, "Why is he? Why is he playing?" And you know, I think it's just kind of a testament to like the fight in this guy that he's like, "I'm going to be back for my team," you know, and all you want if it was back for his own selfish reasons to show off the scouts or whatever. But, you know, the fact that he wanted to fight to come back to play in the championship game with his team speaks volumes. And then same with Rodgers, you know, to kind of have that fight to want to come back. And that could be, you know, kind of why maybe he missed some developing is, you know, he spent all that time getting back. But that's kind of what I'm thinking for the guy. You know, he needs some coaching, you know, the drops, the lazy route running. That's stuff you can kind of work with, but it's stuff you'd kind of hope to see, especially playing at Clemson that he'd already kind of have developed. But Yeah. And I think, too, with Waddle, he probably knew that was going to be his last game ever in Alabama. It's the championship game. Uh, so, I, I mean, I was the one texting in the group chat, come on, man, don't hurt yourself. Don't do it to me. But he, he yeah. went out there and gave it his all, man. That's all you can ask for. Um, I definitely – you see the dog in him. He wants it. So that's good. Good for him, man. He, he battled through. Yeah. All right. So, All right. Mike. Oh, go ahead, Nate. Can I go ahead and give the squad a landing spot for each of these players to discuss? I would love that. I think yes. this can add yes. some nice discussion for 
post-evaluation. All right. Devontae Smith. This would be a drop. This would be a drop for him a little bit later than we're expecting. But it's an interesting spot. Arizona Cardinals. Oh, boy. What do you mean by it would be a drop? Are you talking about how late he would go in the draft? or yep. Okay. Like All a right. fall in the draft. Okay. Yep. All right. Got you. <laughs> I, would, I, would that. I think that would be a fantastic spot for him. Actually. Charlie Kirk is on a contract year. Or Christian Kirk. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it is now Charlie Kirk from here on out. I stamped it. Conceded. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, Christian Kirk's probably probably gone pretty soon. Waddle would be a beast in that offense, I think. There's just so many offensive snaps. Any of them. He needs one play to bust him in. Every single play could be that play, in my opinion, with him. So I think that would be an incredible landing spot just with how many plays they run. Um, I'm not sure how their special teams are, but I mean, he could probably thrive in that too. I think he's, he's so good with him and Kyler Murray and then not having to be the dude with Hopkins on the outside. That's deadly. I would love that for him. Yeah. I, I like that spot. Yeah. All right. What do you got for Jalen? All right. Jalen Waddle. I'm just going to use the consensus um, for NFL mocks. Uh, I look at a lot of mock drafts and just about like 75% of them have Jalen Waddle going to the New York giants. Now, Golden Tate's there, but he has like a $10 million cap hit and has been in and, out of the, in and out of the doghouse. He's basically gone. Mm-hmm. You got Darius Slayton there. He was good his rookie yep. year, not so great last year. And you got Sterling Shepard, who is honestly decent when he's on the field, mm-hmm. but when's he on the field? Exactly. I think Evan Ingram, too, plays a role in that offense. He should be pretty well. Charlie Kirk. <laughs> Travis from the TNFF pod. He said he's using Charlie Kirk on the pod now, too, and you could book it and – uh, make sure you check out the True North Fantasy Football Podcast. Fantastic pod. Great guys. And Trav finally getting his avatar fixed and That's looking blessed. quite dapper in that avatar as well. Um, I got to be honest with you. I don't know if I like that landing spot so much. It's just, one, to me, that one's kind of eh. You uh, just don't have the certainty in quarterback like you do like a Arizona Cardinals or something like that. Daniel Jones, has he's been decent, but he hasn't been great. Uh, that's the worrisome part. He may be gone soon. Who knows? They might give up on him and try to go after somebody else. Uh, but it's just, I think he's good enough to play well, but it won't be the stats that we're probably looking for if we draft him five and six. He'd be a guy that you can probably trade for maybe later in the season and uh, maybe get a little steal out of that. Yep. He'd be buried on the death chart at first. Yeah. And uh, But I think quickly could you know, outperform his situation. I think he'd be one of those players that – but at the end of the season, we'd be saying, hey, talent over situation. Yeah. doesn't matter that Waddle went to the Giants. He'll, he'll prove himself. Agreed. So, last landing spot here for Amari Rodgers. hate to do it, but second-round pick to the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I saw that coming. You just need a slot receiver. It's every slot receiver just goes to the Packers. In the see, draft. And, see, and I don't, I don't hate that. You know, honestly, like I said, I think he's a guy that, you know, I'd like to have more of a – alpha type guy that we snag in the first round um you know maybe like a tyler wallace i think that'd be fine um but you know he's one he could be a nice compliment you know but he kind of fits right in with the packer mold and not being able to catch so fits right <laughs> in but except for adams obviously but uh i don't hate it i mean as long as we're getting a wide receiver somewhere i 
I don't care who it is, honestly. So, yeah, it's um, I could just Tylen Wallace in that offense, man, with Devontae Adams. Oh, that'd be great. That would tell you what, if Amari Rogers goes to the Packers in the second round, he's probably sneaking into some first rounds and some rookie drafts. And that's what I'm saying is he. He, he's gonna chance. have great. He's gonna have great draft, uh, great landing spot in the second round, and everybody's gonna go off on him. But he's gonna need coaching at the next level. So, yeah, sure. Any any wide receiver that goes to the Green Bay Packers in the first, second, third, fourth round is going to have a huge Fifth, boost. Sixth. They're gonna be going round. in the first and second round of every rookie draft. Doesn't matter. Bring back Bagleton. <laughs> Please, I'm fine. I was with hoping that. that guy would get a shot. I liked him. He yeah, cool. he was solid. So. Just need Alan cool. Lazard to be healthy, man. I like the Lizard King. Yeah, I yeah. love Lazard, dude. He's good stuff. What if Will Fuller went there? Oh, I would be. We'd, we'd have to pay two for him, probably. That would be pretty but, nice. I mean, landed by for him, though. Could I? I don't hate it. Yeah. So, but hey, you listen, know, he's kind of like a rich man's MBS. Good, good um, hey, before we head out, just want to mention, head on over to DynastyOwner.com. Uh, it's the best way to play real NFL-style fantasy football. I do have to make a new read-through for them. Uh, but just uh, check out DynastyOwner.com. Our longest-running sponsor, we appreciate them, and I think they appreciate us uh, working. Uh, they're doing some work with Nate. Nate's doing some work with them, however you want to say it. And I'm working on getting a live stream together with uh, Tim from Dynasty Owner. So you can come on and just kind of really explain – you know, I can talk about it all I want, but uh, to hear them explain it is probably the better way to do it. So check out DynastyOwner.com. Got a lot of great things going on behind the scenes. Um, They're awesome. Yeah, yeah, they are. You know, you're going to miss out on our Senior Bowl episode on Thursday. So make sure you head over to DynastyOwner.com forward slash Patreon, and you can become a rewinder, and we're going to have an amazing Senior Bowl episode. We got an episode next week. We got a ton of good stuff coming up. Uh, we're going to have a lot of really probably after the draft um, some and before the draft as well, guys, we want to talk about just some late round guys. Um, Nate and I are going to be working on that, getting that scheduled together. So you don't want to miss that. And uh, let's just go around the horn, Bob, before I'll let you lead us out here. Uh, where can we find you on Twitter? So I'm Bob Van, the IDP man. I got to play a wide receiver. Expert. Um, you can find me at Bob Van underscore IDP. Um, thanks again for having me. Best wishes to Pork. Hope he's feeling better. Be and uh, thanks again. <laughs> Happy to be here. Happy to help. All right, Bob. Thanks for coming through Clutch and coming on last minute. And Nate, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Nate NFL. Well, I will not be sharing my last name with Charlie Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He certainly will not. Um, actually, I think uh, you owe us something before we leave. I almost forgot because you weren't here last last podcast you got uh, you got something for us cooked up a little bit for you guys or, or jesus did sorry about that jesus uh so it's gonna be proverbs proverbs 16 3 says commit to the lord whatever you do and he'll establish your plans uh be humble give god all the glory uh, i know at the end of the day we want our plans to come in super quick uh, but that's just sometimes not how it works uh, god has different plans for us don't get discouraged by it uh, to me, everything that we do is a learning aspect of of life. So if, if things don't go your way that time, uh, take it with whatever you got. God's trying to teach you something. So uh, take from that, uh, but let him guide you. Uh, when he guides my life, 
I feel a lot of stress taken off my plate and I feel like uh, I'm blessed uh, more uh, than when I am trying to do things on my own and plan my own life. Uh, God has incredible plans for all of us. Uh, you just got to let him take the reins and, and ride it out with him. He's going to lead you to the success. So appreciate you guys. All right, Chevin. As always, we appreciate you. And uh, if you are so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter at dmbauer 85 Not a lot of football content there, just mostly me saying dumb stuff about my life, if you're into that sort of thing. So I prefer you follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. Keep up with everything that we have going on. And until next week, everybody, Thursday, if you're a patron, be kind. Please rewind. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Peace out, guys. 